Hey everyone, Nate Scott here. Before we get to the program, I wanted to tell you all about Roan. It's a new men's activewear company that uses the most innovative fabrics on the planet. Men finally have a premium activewear option. They build clothing around three main tenets, performance, comfort, and style. Every piece has a performance component to it, such as rapid moisture wicking to keep you dry and four-way stretch to keep you squatting deeply. Always need those deep squats, guys. Don't let anyone tell you otherwise. Uh, <laughs> there's also anti-odor technology. They use a technology called SilverTech, which is a pri- proprietary proprietary technology that fends off odor-causing bacterial growth for the lifetime of the garment. You don't need to wash it, and you won't stink. They sent me their uh, Sequoia 2.0 quarter zip. I wear it all the time. It's fantastic looking. I work out in it. I wear it out in the bar. I'm very lazy. I just get one piece of clothing from nice people and then I wear it indefinitely. <laughs> um, so yeah, wear Roan. If you go to their site at roan.com um, slash FTW, that's R-H-O-N-E dot com slash FTW. Right now they're offering FTW an inside deal for 15% off your first order when you enter code FTW again on Roan.com slash FTW. R H O N E dot com slash FTW and use code FTW for fifteen percent off your first order. Roan, made for men, fit for kings. Let's do it. Hey everyone, this is Nate Scott, and this is the For the Win podcast, your home to everything that's buzzing in the world of sports. My guest today, uh, two guests, one is going to be a, a special guest, one might be somewhat more of a recurring guest, as he's come on to help us with audio and stuff. First up, though, it's my colleague, writer Charlotte Wilder. What's up, Charlotte? How are you? Hey, Nate. I'm good. How are you doing? It's Friday. Everything's wonderful. You've got a great <laughs> you've got a great new story out that I finally got to read today and I had to call you up immediately to talk about it because I was just <laughs> so blown away. Um, well, and thank then you. a new member of FTW World, the young buck himself, Jesse Karangu. Hey man, how are you? <laughs> hey, what's going on, Nate? How's everything going? Uh, things are going great. Jesse's our new hire. He's helping us out with writing and video and audio and social and basically all the stuff us old farts don't really know how to do. <laughs> yeah, uh, he uh, he explained to us how young people call each other on FaceTime like psychopaths. <laughs> like absolute maniacs. Are you kidding me? How do you guys not use FaceTime? Because I don't, I don't, wanna, I don't want anyone oh, to see God. my face. I Why don't, not? Because I have a terrible face. It's a horrible <laughs> thing. And I, because sometimes, Jesse, when you answer the phone and it's on like the forward-facing camera and you have like a million chins, no one wants that. <laughs> I know. Guys got to get with the times, man. I, we do not have to get with the times. We will continue. <laughs> I refuse. I refuse to get with the times. You're exactly. revolting. Yeah, okay. I'm, a, I'm a revolting monster and I don't want people. <laughs> but on the flip side, we also explained to Jesse yesterday what ska was, so that was fun. That uh, was interesting. I've, I was mind-blown to say the <laughs> He's learning so much and it's only been Two a weeks. little bit of time. Two weeks. Anyway, uh, Jesse's going to be bouncing around. He'll be here for a lot of our podcasts, helping out with production and and music and and coordinating and all that great stuff. So um, welcome, Jesse. Thank you. Charlotte, let's talk about this story. Uh, It's up on FTW right now. The headline is, one of the best nights of my life. The evening, 355 diehard female Pats fans met Julian Edelman. I have a million questions to ask. First, though... (laughs) set the scene did did they reach out to you about this did you reach out to them when when did you find out about this event was happening and, and what made you want to write about it 
Yeah, so um, basically, you know, before I get into it, the event was, um, well, actually, I'll, I'll just sort of say how I found it. Um, I was on, I think it was just Twitter, and I saw um, Edelman himself tweet out a link saying, you know, come to my women's clinic at Gillette on October 3rd. And I, I sort of have a radar for these things in general just because, you know, as a woman writing about sports, um, I you see you are more tuned into the tone-deaf things that teams will try to do to encourage female fans. Um, and there have been a lot of really not great uh, female-centric, you know, nights for women, ladies' nights out, um, which I'd love to get into a, a little bit more. But so immediately when I saw this, um, I was interested as to how a player himself would be hosting something like this. Um, mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I, I thought it would be something really interesting to go to just to see how it manifested itself. And so I reached out. I, I realized it wasn't the Patriots putting it on. It wasn't Edelman himself. It was in partnership with this company called ProCamps. Um, and so I reached out to ProCamps and I said, you know, I'd love to come to this and cover it. And they were immediately like, oh, absolutely. Um and so from there, I just, you know, booked the flights and up I went to uh, to Foxborough. Fantastic. And and you get there. Yeah, let's first let's talk about the event itself. 355 women paying between $299 and, and $2995, $3,000, basically $300 yeah. and $3,000 to come for an, I mean, I, I, I mean, it's sort of mind-boggling to me. That's mostly because I won't pay $300 to fly to Italy, let alone, uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm a very cheap man, go s- sit around for a night with, with Julian Edelman. But I don't know. What what I liked about this story so much was I think anyone who will open it will come in thinking something, and you might have gone into this expecting to write something about this is sexist, this is stupid, this mm-hmm. is um, playing off horrible stereotypes and, and actually found a, a, a place that was a little more complicated than that in that, yes, it was a little bit of that. It was a little bit, it was a little bit sexist. It was a little bit silly. And at the same time, it provided women, a, a, I hate using this phrase, but a safe space to enjoy the game they love without, one of my favorite quotes is a woman saying, if men were here, they would have taken this over, and, th- yeah. and we get to have this. So, I mean, there is stuff to talk about with a lot of things, but were you just, I mean, were you surprised by this? Was this something that you were expecting to find there, or wh- how did you how did you get to where you were with this story, I guess? Um, I think going into it, I was very aware of, I knew that you know, if people are paying this much, I think to be honest, the thing that the thing that made me want to go so badly was the high price point, um, because I've seen these where it's like, you know, come for you know fifty bucks, you get a drink and an autograph or whatever, and you know everything is pink and we'll tell you what a you know touchdown is. But this was, I saw the program and it was going to be two hours of drills and it was going to be at least three hundred dollars for anyone who wants to go. I mean. That's that's a lot of money. Three thousand dollars 
is an absurd amount of money. And mm-hmm. the only extra thing that those women who paid, I think two people did, I wasn't able to find them, unfortunately. Um, the only extra thing they got was to ride to Gillette from Boston with Rob Gronkowski, who was hosting a different event there that night. Um, and so I was kind of like, you know, the level of fandom has to be really intense. And so I was very aware going into it that I did not want to at all belittle these women or their experiences or their desire to be there. No matter what I found, I wanted to, I just wanted to give a voice to the people who went and I wanted to see how a corporation, because that's what ProCamps is, they are, they are in this for the money, um, Mm -hmm. would put on something and whether they would be sort of preying on the women's expectations or whether they would actually be trying to give them what they wanted. Um, And I was fascinated by, you know, I think that if you're going to go to this in the first place and you're there and, you know, these people knew so much about football. Um, And a lot of the women that I talked to, I was like, you know, do you think you're going to learn anything tonight before it started? And they were all like, no, I mean, I know all the rules already. It's more, it was either like, I want to get better at, I want to learn a three-step drop or I want to figure out, you know, I want to get better at a slant route. I or I just want to be on the field where the team that I love more than anything, it's their space. And the fact that they also got to have Edelman there was, was sort of a separate draw. Yeah. I, I do want to get to the Edelman stuff because there is, you know, I, I was entering this story thinking, okay, um, you know, this is going to be kind of a takedown of a, a sexist event. It ended up not being about that, though there was some interesting stuff about fame and what we expect of stars and sort of how we feel that they belong to us even when they're just human beings and they don't belong to us at all. Um, what I will say is I, I was, I was blown away by how much it was clear, you know, the Edelman thing was definitely there. It seemed like there were a lot of women who just wanted to be step on, on the field at Gillette and, uh, you know, and that was what it was. And for me, that's something that I can ID with, you know, Gillette yeah. doesn't have much meaning to me, but if you said to me, Nate, you can step on the field at Wembley in England for where the English national team plays soccer, that m- means something to me. That for whatever stupid, idiotic reason, which is stupid, and I understand it's stupid. It's just a it's just a field of grass. You know, though, I, I don't think it's stupid. I really don't think it's stupid. I think that these places for people who love these teams and especially in New England. I mean, to me, what's so interesting about New England fandom is that um, for so long, the teams were not great. They weren't terrible, but they weren't winning championships. They, You know, one of the women I talked to, she was like, um, you know, Rogan was, our, was my quarterback growing up. They were terrible. I still love them. Mm-hmm. And I think that to, for for people who really have stuck with teams, especially people who might be a little bit older, um, you know, to see the Sox win in 04, to see the Pats go three rings in four years is really a rewarding experience as a fan and has also just made people so proud. And these are their sacred spaces. Um, and to, to get to be there, it, it takes you out of yourself. You know, it's something that is completely unrelated to the day-to-day crap that you have to deal with. Mm-hmm. It, it is aspirational. It is something to tell your friends about. It's re- it was really actually very moving um, to talk to those women for whom it was just like, listen, I just want to be here. 
I want to ask you about Edelman. I think something you hit on really well was the type of celebrity that Edelman is and the reason I think this event, which you hit on quite a bit, was such insanity. And if you read the story, you'll see, like, it was like, at one point you compared to Ed Sullivan with the Beatles. And, I mean, this was women screaming, losing their minds. And with Edelman, Mm -hmm. which I think you touched on, there's an accessibility there in that he wasn't that handsome coming out of college and he sort of had a weird haircut and then sort of put himself together and he's never really been the spotlight. You know, Tom Brady's married to a supermodel and I know Edelman also, uh, you know, might be involved with a supermodel as well, but Tom Brady, he's sort of a, he's a god in in New England. You you couldn't marry Mm -hmm. Tom Brady. You can't, you can't marry God. You can't even talk to Tom exactly. Brady. <laughs> you know, I mean, he's you don't you don't marry God. You can't marry God, and Tom Brady's God, and and so, and then Gronk is also a, a an action figure. He's not a real human right. being. He's he's sort right. of plastic and fun, and he you know he's a toy that you play with, and he's amazing and incredible. But he's not a real human being. Edelman is. He's not that tall. He's works hard. He, he's handsome, but not too, you know, like it, it, it was so interesting to me that, you know, these women were saying, oh, you'd have a fun few days with Gronk, but you'd marry Edelman. It almost yeah. seems like I, I could marry Julian, <laughs> which, I which mean, is so funny. You know, what was, what was funny for me is that I, you know, I spent the evening a fair amount of time either one-on-one with Edelman or me, Edelman and his social media guy um, and his personal assistant so I was really, I was kind of, um, I got a sense of him. Like you, you never really know someone and especially a famous person is, you never really know someone after like, you know, two, three, four hours, however long I was there. Um, and especially famous people who are so used to having to present an image and watch what they say. And especially on Belichick's team. I mean, I asked, I asked, I was like, how are you doing? How's it been? How have the four weeks been? And he was like, you only think about the present around here. And so he knows, um, he's very respectful of his team, of his teammates, but he was so gracious with these, with these women. Um, and he was really funny and he was easy to talk to. You know, we were just sitting around, like he asked me where I went to college and we talked about how bad the football team was at Colby. Sorry, Colby. Um, but you know, like he he is an accessible guy and he is, he seemed to me like a pretty genuinely good dude, um, which came across in, you know, if I had been in his position, honestly, and, and these, this many people had been grabbing at me and screaming at me, I think I, I think I would have had a, a tough time with it. And he was clearly surprised by it. I mean, at one point we were walking through the halls and I was like, how are you doing? And he was like, Whew. And then, like, sort of quickly collected himself. He was like, I'm great. This is amazing. Like, I, I'm flattered this many people came out to see me. You know, he's very aware of the role that he plays, and yet you could tell that he was still sort of flabbergasted by what was going on around him. It's stories like these that make me realize that I could never even come close to being a famous person because I'd have a nervous breakdown almost oh, no. instantly. I, I, <laughs> completely, I completely agree. I mean... Even even sort of shadowing him and feeling that, you know, and, and a lot of these, I was wearing the shirt originally um, that you had to wear to go to the things. I was like, well, might as well see what this feels like. Um, and I actually ended up having to take it off and put back my, my normal clothes because 
all of these women, I would be walking around with Edelman and all of these women would be like staring daggers at me as though like I was, I was one of the, as though I was, you know, just an attendee who somehow managed to like latch on to the star of the show. And I was like, no, no, I'm a reporter. I'm not, I'm not like winning. Um, (laughs) You were not chosen. You did not have the golden ticket. You didn't get the rose. I wasn't anointed. Um, (laughs) But it was really, it was, it was funny though, because, you know, like he would walk by some of these women doing drills um, and they would lose their minds and then they would go right back to playing football. So it really, it was as though they cared equally about the game and the field and also saying things like, I want to sleep with him. <laughs> well, like, wow. well, that was what I love. I know we're laughing about it, but that was what I love so much about your story. And, and the turning point for me came, you know, I go into this story thinking, all right, this is a 2016 Internet article, you know, mm-hmm. concern trolling. Not to not to belittle those articles, but, you know, that 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 was what I went in thinking, you know, mm-hmm. this is problematic with a capital P, kind of the, the, the stuff that we're trained to read on the internet right now. And then it transitioned into something a little else, which was, oh God, Edelman's a piece of meat to these women. And this is kind of, kind of mm-hmm. uh, uncomfortable a little bit. And then at one memorable moment, he actually has to ask security to step in because people, <laughs> people keep grabbing his butt while he's taking photographs and it's making him uncomfortable. But my favorite moment of the story and when I, I finally understood what was happening here is when you follow the Boston College, I think they were juniors, um, onto the field and it's these four girls and one of them said, you know, uh, oh my God, Edelman is so sexy. And then one asked, come do drills with us. And then the other says, seriously, Edelman is so hot. But then you cut and you see that the girls, you know, they're joking around about how hot Edelman is, but then they start dancing, they fall over on the field, they're having fun playing football. Mm-hmm. And then you realize Edelman's there, he's just sort of an, a, a symbol or an idea to bring these women together to have fun in, in, in their holy space together in a place where men aren't ruining anything. And, and right. one says, we can, you know, there are no men here, they're not taking things over. We can be silly. We don't have to. Yeah. We don't have to prove our football knowledge to anyone. We can just have fun, and then it was like, oh, this isn't what I thought at all. This has nothing to do with anything that I thought. This is about <laughs> literally women paying hundreds of dollars. Yes, to because a cute guy is there partially, but mostly to be able to have a space where they can enjoy the sport they love with people who aren't going to judge them and they can just have fun doing it. And they're willing to pay right. hundreds of dollars right. for that. I mean, which should say more about the state of sports in 2016 than anything else. And I think actually is a more powerful statement than, oh, you should be mad because Julian Edelman hosted an event for women. It's like, actually, no, that the fact that women are willing to pay <laughs> hundreds of dollars to enjoy sports right. without the the the... Judgment. Without judgment and without men there should tell you more than more than that, I guess. Yeah, I mean, honestly, like I, I think as a writer, something that I'm very aware of is those traps of you know you should be you should be this is as you said problematic with a capital P and you should be mad with a capital M and it's mm-hmm. like I'm not I'm not interested in those narratives because those narratives other people can tell them better than I can and you know 
if I find a way to, you know, if I were to go into this and found, you know, a bunch of really condescending um, idiots running the thing, I would have been, I would have reported that story. And that wouldn't have been, you should be mad. That would have been, this is the truth, you know? And mm-hmm. what I ended up finding instead was um, something that was far more complex. I mean, I, I think that there are two things. I think one, it shows the level of fandom among any, you know, whether you're a woman or a man, um, something that, that I found really interesting. And I end the story this way is when I was at, I was at the hotel bar afterwards. Cause I saw some women in there. Um, but a, I needed, <laughs> I needed a drink mm-hmm. and B, um, I saw women sitting in there with the shirts on and I was like, Oh, okay. Like we'll do a little regroup. And there were these guys sitting next to me, sort of older m- m- middle-aged guys in khakis and button downs. They worked in it sales, um, and they'd been at the Monday night football party that uh, Pro Camps put on with Gronk. And the guy takes out his phone and starts showing me all these pictures of him with Gronk. And his friend looks at him and he's like, George here probably tried to grab Gronk's butt. And I yeah. was like, and he was like, there's, you know, these are past fans we're talking about. They're like, guys would have acted the same way. And any of my guy friends that I talked to who are from Boston were all like, oh my God, Edelman's so beautiful. Did you get to touch him? And I was like, oh, wait, okay, so back up. Like, Yes, this is, you know, women. First of all, if you're a woman and you go to this thing and you pay $300 to be around 355 other women, you have to know that you don't really have a shot at getting a date with Edelman. Like you, you, you're paying, you're not paying to go on the bachelorette. You're paying to go to this thing. Right. And so that in and of itself made the whole thing a little bit more tongue in cheek when people would freak out. But also Anybody in New England who loves the Patriots this much, who loves Edelman this much, as a lot of people I know do, um, they it probably wouldn't have been too different if it had been co-ed. Mm-hmm. And I think that the fact that there was this this space for you know I don't know how I don't know the right way to do these things. I don't know whether you'd have to take sex out of it completely because that was a part of it. You know, a lot of these women were there because they find him so attractive, and. But at the, but at the same time, hearing people say things like, you know, I'm so glad I don't have to be here with my husband. I'm so glad that this is all women and that we can play because men would have tried to prove that they know more was really cool for me to be like, yeah. And it, it, the energy was great. Like when people weren't being a little crazy over this one guy, it was actually like a pretty fun environment. And that's the thing, you know. There's this the line that that you're talking to one of the women in the uh, the hotel bar afterward. She said, "You of course you get the made up girls trying to get a date with Julian, like any of us could compete with supermodels." And you know, I guess there yes there were those those women there. There was that element there. But the fact is, like, if you have any group of people ever, there's going to be some elements, you know, like if you did this event with guys, there would be the bros who showed up wearing football pads and trying to prove (laughs) that they could make the New England Patriots, even though it's it's absolutely insane. And if you throw a female only event, there will be women who show up there thinking that, you know, if if the light catches them in the right way, that Julian Edelman's going to drop down to one knee and ask to marry them. It's delusional. Yes, but people are delusional and there's always going to be that. But, um, I don't know. I I left this article with a much different understanding. I I still think a lot of these events um, can come from a stupid place. And I Mm -hmm. think that Mm -hmm. they can be marketed in dumb ways. 
but just because an event is marketed in a dumb way or or you know is taps that sort of funny bone in us that as writers we're saying oh, something's not right here that doesn't mean anything and you, you, you right. do sort of have to go and, and figure out what's what's going I also on. think I, I think that's right and I, and I also think that if there is a market for something you're not going to have someone supplying that you know and mm-hmm. there clearly is a market for this so you might as well I think ProCamps is honestly, you know, Adam Ross, the CEO, and um, Eric Liebler, the president, I talked to them a lot. There were some things they said that struck me as a little tone deaf. Um, there are some things the announcer said where he was like, well, what a fun night with the Boston Crazies. You know, I want to go to a game at Gillette. But I had to check myself and be like, look, that could, like, it doesn't all have to be set. It, it, there's no black and white. There's, it, it's not right or wrong. It's a nuanced situation. And I, I still could, like, if you ask me right now, is it like, was this good or bad? I don't know. Mm-hmm. It was a thing. It was delightful in some ways. It was creepy as anything I've ever seen in others. Mm-hmm. It was intense. It was, I went to an all girls school and I can honestly say that I have never seen women. I mean, it reminded me a little bit of when, like, the hot English teacher would walk down the hall, like, the young one just out of college who came to teach at an all-girls school, God bless him, and, you know, <laughs> girls would, like, leave the classroom to go trail him, and I, I'd be like, okay, this is nuts, but, you know, so I'd, I'd, I think that um, to be able to appreciate these things in their in their messiness, um, it's kind of about being a fan in, in any situation. And that's the thing, you know, I think we as writers can forget that. And we can forget that when an announcer calls people Boston crazies, some might not take offense to that. Some might wear that badge proudly, you know, <laughs> like I am a lunatic. Right. They're Patriots like, yeah, fan. you do want to come here. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you do want to see us in action. We are the craziest fans in the world. And, you know. And it was interesting that, that the CEO was saying that they only do these events in Boston currently. There are no other pro camps when women's only events in other markets because they know that a here they have, they have a, they have an Edelman and they have a Gronk who are always going to be a draw for that, you know, hunk factor. And they have the most passionate fans in the NFL, which I think after going this, it was kind of hard to argue against. Oh, I, I don't know. I've done, I've been to some games at, in other stadiums. I think they would do just fine at a lot of these events. I, I went to a, Kansas City Chiefs fantasy draft event where they sold out all the boxes so guys could just host their fantasy drafts inside a box at the okay. stadium yep. well, in an empty go. stadium <laughs> with no no players there, no coaches there, just just paying hundreds of dollars to come. Nate, I think we're in the wrong business. I think we should have been. I, I think there's more money Pro, to be made in like fan services. Pro camps, call us up. We're gonna we'll, we'll host your. Uh, David Ortiz Tonga or uh, Toga Night. Yeah. Tonga. Seriously. I was thinking of the Tonga. The Tonga. You were uh, thinking of the, the oiled guy. up dude. We'll combine it. It'll be a Tonga Toga <laughs> David Ortiz Boston party. Anyway, uh, um, Jesse, what, anything you want to you want to ask Charlotte? Yeah, yeah. So, how did they come up with this concept in the first place, and why did they choose people like Edelman or people like Gronk specifically? That's a good question. Um, they, you know, they came up with it because they saw that there was a market for it. Um, you know, I think that all of these teams have been trying to tap into the female fan base. There's a, there's a huge NFL female fan base. There's a huge female fan base for all sports, you know, and 
that's sort of where the for me I'm like the only way that I'm ever going to be like totally cool with these being put on is if they're also introductory clinics for men that don't insinuate women are the only ones who don't know the X's and O's of the game right um but in terms of so so they found that and women signed up there's a 127 person wait list for this event um wow so they're doing it because they can kind of but also I think it is something good to to allow women to have this um this space all to themselves um but as for as for choosing Edelman and Gronk you know the CEO Adam Ross of pro camps was like you need the guy's got to be single um I think that's because he didn't say this I think that's because you do need to preserve some fantasy for some of these women that maybe they could land him you know like maybe (laughs) maybe there's a chance (laughs) so you're saying there's a chance (laughs) um but I also think that it's because um they are pretty personable guys you know um Edelman was great to talk to he was pretty funny he was doing like I asked him if he could do a Boston accent and he did. Um, I think that Gronk is Gronk and the, some women I talked to who were there years before and they, and they'd put them on three years prior to this one with Gronk were saying that he, you know, he was dancing, he was fun, he was playing catch with them. So you kind of need someone who's going to ham it up. And, uh, I think that both of these guys did. I think that Edelman was probably a little more taken aback. You know, he didn't he didn't do an Edelman cruise. Gronk did a Gronk cruise. Um, I think there are you know several reasons that this happens, and and I think that the bottom line though is you know a because it can, and b because they've got the right guys to do it. Yeah, I don't. I think the single thing is an outdated way of thinking. I think they believe that that's something that has a factor. I don't think that matters at all. <laughs> if, I mean, really. honestly, though, I think it's he was saying that he doesn't think guys would agree to do it if they weren't single. Yeah, that, I mean, that might be an issue. I, but, I mean, if Tom Brady did it, if Peyton Manning did it, if, if a star is big enough, I think this event right. would sell out. I, I think they're sort of targeting the people that don't command massive appearance fees and, and, right. and that stuff. Uh, <laughs> Right. But I mean Antonio Brown's an obvious fit. I think Von Miller would be an obvious fit. Just, you know, yeah. dudes who are charming. <laughs> and, and that's what he said. Media. Those are those are the two examples he gave. Um, you know, and and I think I don't know, it was it was totally wild and I was really um there were just so many layers and so many levels and I I was glad you know i'm glad to hear that you think that that all of that came across in the piece because it kind of felt while i was writing it kind of felt like i was threading a needle you know where there was so much i wanted to get across and fortunately i think that by talking to enough people um and putting their voices in i was i was able to do that because they were pretty clear about about how they felt absolutely and everyone should read it it's up on for the win uh one of the best nights of my life, the evening 355 diehard female Pats fans met Julian Edelman. And uh, like it, share it, read it. This is the For the Win podcast. Uh, Jesse, Charlotte, thanks guys so much for joining me. This has been a blast. And everyone read Charlotte's story. You guys are on Twitter. Jesse, what's your Twitter handle? Follow me, JMKTV. JMKTV. Oh, that's a good one. That is a good <laughs> one. Short, sweet, and to the point. Yeah, there it is. JMKTV. Yep, that's it. 
And do you have your own? Do you have your own network? That's wild. I love that. <laughs> Coming soon. Coming soon. Jeez. Stay tuned. <laughs> the ambition with these youngins. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and Charlotte's on Twitter at the Wilder Things. I'm on Twitter at a Nate Scott. Hit us up. Let us know uh, the For the Win podcast. We're on iTunes. We're on SoundCloud. We're on Audio Boom. We're on Stitcher. Subscribe, review, rate us, do all that good stuff. Everyone read Charlotte's story. Charlotte, thanks so much. And uh, guys, I'm sure we'll talk soon. See ya. Sounds good, dude. Thanks for having me.